All right, and good afternoon, Super Kicking It With Steven fans, your favorite host right here, Stephen A1181, the Greg Wan over there, giving you all the lowdown on this week's Raw, where we you know, saw Kofi Kingston, I think, pull off quite the upset with the help of Drew McIntyre. We saw some SmackDown stuff with the return of Aleister Black, uh, which is going to be interesting to kind of talk up. We had NXT happening. We have AW getting all ready for Double or Nothing, which will be a week from Sunday. So we'll have to give you our predictions on that show next week. So plenty of good stuff happening. Uh, AEW is going to go full out, all capacity. We also saw the return of WWE live events in June. Uh, or sorry, July. July 16th will be the first one, Friday Night SmackDown. Then I'm guessing that Monday in the Bank will be live as well. So that'll be interesting to see once crowds get back, if um, some of the energy gets back that we think we've been missing. But uh I think as we get closer to that, we'll give a little awards to who we think was the pandemic heroes, I guess we could call it. But 25-city tour, ready to kick off there in July, I believe right before AEW is going live. So go figure. We got a little competition there. But good to see that all happening. Um, We did get a quick little NXT news that some people were let go. I think – We'll just start right there real quick, Greg. Um, I think the name we both thought was very surprising was Velveteen Dream. I'm not that surprised with all the allegations behind the scenes. It sounds like he was uh, texting with younger women. Well, not even women, girls, like 16-year-olds. And, I mean, he's lost all of his momentum anyway. You know, it just felt like I thought he should have won the title against Adam Cole in that parking lot thing, that parking lot brawl, I thought that would have been the time. And once he lost that, I I just think the writing was on the wall that either he was just going to lose a lot or just not be used, and he hasn't been used. So they also got rid of Alexander Wolf, which I thought was interesting because we were kind of talking about how Imperium seemed to be a little you know power interest there. Um, but obviously he got beat down, and that's why they – Got rid of him. And then also Jessamine Duke, who I thought was interesting because she's part of um, BRE law or BRE with um, Shayna Baszler, uh, Dakota Kai, and uh, Mia Yim on Up, Up, Down, Down. So I don't know how that will go <laughs> for her there. So everybody else I don't think was big names. But uh, Greg, have your thoughts on NXT releasing. Well, sorry, I did forget about the, the referee who is quite the right-wing um, uh, extremist. Uh, it sounds like he believes in what he's doing, but he's just got some conspiracy theories out there. And it kind of sucks because he's a native Hoosier. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just kind of ignored him because he's just way out there, it seems like, on the right wing, which I do not go on that side, as you could tell, as I'm talking right now. But, uh, yeah, Drake Wirtz. No longer working with WWE. I don't see him going anywhere. I don't know where he'll end up. But um, I I do wonder what Velveteen Dream, if he does end up anywhere. I don't know if Alexander Wolf might just go back to, you know, Europe and just kind of do what he can there. And then, like I said, Jessamine Duke, I was kind of surprised just because the four horsewomen aspect and all that. So uh, have at it, Greg. Any thoughts on NXT releases? Yeah. Yeah. Um- 
surprised and disappointed by Double Team Dream. Um, and I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm not a fan of the androgynous characters, the uh, gold dust back in the day, and the Adrian Adonis, and um, back in WCW, going back to Gorgeous uh, Jimmy Garvin. Uh, all the guys tried to play up the whole, you know, Adrian Street, the, tried to do the whole androgynous um, kind of more uh, feminine characters. And it it always came off false. And it wasn't believable. It wasn't until uh, Velveteen Dream came along that Okay, that's what I'm talking about right there. If you're gonna do an androgynous character, that's how to do the androgynous character. He could kick ass, and you know he just played up his whole, you know, effeminate side in a way that made sense. Um, I was a fan of his, especially after the Say My Name series with Aleister Black in NXT. That was the simplest storyline, but the best storyline I've seen out of NXT. I, I definitely put it in my top five. It was one of my top five programs to watch on NXT to this day. It was so good and so simple. Um, him trying to get Elder Black to say his name, being kind of petty and childish and uh, all the shenanigans he pulled until they had their match, epic match. And then, you know, at the end of it, Elder takes it off and says his name. And, uh, like that's the way it should be done if you do it and he was so good the entrances were so amazing um and the you know every takeover you look forward to seeing what was he going to do next you had the thing where he came out as hollywood hogan you had the thing where he came out as like the statue of liberty and things like that um he just did it so well he was so great at it and um he had a huge huge um, momentum going with him for quite a while. Um, then anyway, got injured, and I guess after that's when he started to going off the rails. But so much potential with the guy, and I was looking forward to seeing him do big things, big big things. You know, he's and he's so young. Um, it's, it's so disappointing because I think he was one of the few NXT guys with really carry over well to the main roster. And uh, if his entrances were huge on the NXT level, how big could they be on the main roster when he gets into a, a good feud? So I'm disappointed that uh, he didn't realize how great a position he was in and capitalize on that. And so uh, now he's gone and his character was so original and good you know what's he going to do next how he's going to reinvent himself instead of trying to go to another company and do a watered down version of velveteen dream so um and this i i saw him as i saw an nxt house show as patrick clark so even before he made the transition so um i'm curious to see what he's going to do next but i'm really really disappointed in him uh, and his, you know, the whole backstage shenanigans with uh, like saying, the underage girls and things like that, you know, that stuff doesn't fly in a company like 
WWE, you know, they're publicly traded. You can't be doing stuff like that. And uh, so just left shaking my head at that. But after hearing why, you know, they had no recourse but to let him go. So I, I hope he recovers from it. It can um, take it as a lesson, be better for it, and, and succeed somewhere else. But um, selfishly, on my perspective, I'm, I'm disappointed. I don't get to see Velveteen Dream do it bigger uh, on, a, on a bigger scale with WWE because he was on the right track. Um, Alexander Wolf, uh, I said it before, I looked at better when he was insanity. He made more sense there than Imperium. And um, that's speaking of disappointments. I'm disappointed they didn't push sanity because it was another thing. The, the look was great. The interest was great. Um, the mentality was great. And they could have been a fantastic um, faction in WWE along the lines of um, Nexus or um, some of the other, you know, when he did the takeover angle from another company kind of thing. And uh, he fit better in a group like Sanity than he did with Imperium. He always looked out of place. So I get it. And uh, so it's, you know, fitting the way they wrote him off, you know, getting the beat down because, you know, he took the L and, um, he didn't contribute much to the show anyway, so. And the ref is ref. You know, you can go out on the street and put a ref shirt on somebody and, and be good. So I um it's about the ref, but yeah, the Velveteen Dream is the biggest disappointment of that group. Especially when you consider, like, John Cena was vouching for him, like, not, you know, publicly, but, well, publicly on social media. You know, it seemed like everybody was behind them. Like you said, really that earlier period of him. And I thought he put a good statement in that first North American ladder match, I think it was, where yeah. it seemed like everybody right there was like right on that cusp. But I don't know. Like, I, I think the pandem uh, pandemic hurt him a lot just because, you know, his entrance is so fitting for the crowd and he played up the crowd. And then it's interesting you brought up the Patrick Clark aspect because to think he started tough enough and I believe got booted off like towards the end. And they said, you got to find something. And he, you know, like you said, he did. I don't know where he's going to go next. Like, uh, you know, it, I mean, does AEW try to do something with him? Do, you know, does he just go back to the Indies and almost, um, I feel like he's going to start at the bottom. You know, it, I mean, look at like big Cass. I mean, he got himself right. And now he's starting to, he's starting to make a name for himself you know, in the Southern States, like in Georgia. And mm -hmm. you would, I wouldn't be surprised if WWE comes calling to him, you know, in the next year or so, but I, I, I don't know it. Like you said, he's young. I think he was, he's 25 maybe, or just at 20, you know, 24, 25. Yeah. So he's got time because most guys don't hit their peak to what? 30, 35, even 40 nowadays. I mean, look at AJ Styles. you know, it's our yeah. truth, AJ Styles edge. Christian, you know, well, Edge is 50, you know, Christian 40 something like he can, you know, he's still got some rope, but I think he's got to clean himself up personally uh, and just get up, you know, like you said, he had the biggest opportunity and mm -hmm. he, he squandered it. 
I mean, even without crowds, you know, most guys and girls try to step it up. I don't know if he really did. So who knows if mentally he was even there, right? You know, so I I think he's the one to kind of – it will be interesting to see if he just pops back up on the indie scene somehow down the road. But honestly, I don't think we'll hear much of him, you know. Yeah. I think uh, he could be a big fish in a small pond someplace like, uh, like Impact. Because, you know, their top guy is Rich Swan. I mean, he's already better than Rich Swan. Um, and like I said, those, those matches he had in NXT were great matches. All of his feuds, um, when they had got to the payoff, they were always fantastic matches. Um, so the guy is a super athlete. He's awesome. And uh, it would be make sense for him to go away for a few months, get his head right, get his legal issues settled, and then work his way back. Um, go with a small organization, do do impact, do ROH, do maybe like an MLW, be a big fish in a small pond because we they know who he is. Uh, the fans know who he is, but uh, he's going to have to work his way back, earn his respect, and you know get his mojo back. And then you know I'm sure the door will be open for him down the road if he shows he can you know get his act together and um, keep his skills sharp. Yeah, and that's that's probably the biggest thing, like you said, just getting, I think getting right mentally, because it did seem like he, you know, I thought, like I said, the parking lot brawl, I thought he was starting to really find that magic he had, and then that just kind of just went away. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. And like you said, Alexander Wolf is a name. I mean, Eric Young is in Impact, so you could see maybe him trying to <laughs> vouch for him there and. Now Eric Young is out for a little bit, so who knows? But um, they did just bring in Big Cass and Impact, so maybe you could get another big guy like Alexander Wolf down there. So uh, who knows? We'll see. And uh, but yeah, that's kind of the thing. And like we said, live events coming back for WWE is huge, especially if you get Money in the Bank is the big one. I think people love to be a part of. You know, the crowd, uh, the anticipation of who's going to get, it, especially if we said this year. I feel like you've got to go with somebody who's like right on the cusp. And like, I've seen a lot of people tweet who you actually want to be champion. It's feel like we've had so many failed cash-ins lately. It's got to get that magic back of this guy could be your, you know, should be your champion next. So I'm really going to be interested to see, you know, it feels like you got to do it big. Yes. You had WrestleMania, but now this is like leading into going back on the road. So I feel like you want that money to bank to really hit hard and then build into SummerSlam, you know, if if you kind of hit a single with Money to Bank, then, yeah, you got SummerSlam next. But I feel like you want to just, you know, hit it hard running and really show what the crowd can do and what you want to. So um, get into Raw. We had Bobby Lashley talking up an open challenge. Drew McIntyre, of course, answers it. But MVP never got to get through the rest of his speech where he said, Anyone but Drew McIntyre. So, of course, I am going to assume we're seeing Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, Hell in a Cell, in the Cell. I think that's going to be a fantastic match. And then I want to see what Drew McIntyre does after that. So, do you kind of see that going too, Greg? Yeah, that's what it looks like. You know, when he come out and anybody but you, it sounds very familiar. We've said it before. But um, it's the fitting final uh, blow off to this rivalry. Um, 
they had a great Hell in a Cell match. Um, it, they've done a good job with the long-term storytelling on this one. Um, it's carried on for you know quite a while. It's, it's succeeded in establishing uh, Lashley as you know the monster heel, the fitting top guy, and this is going to be where he you know finally you know, puts his flag into the earth and goes, "This is my company." and takes over as the face of Raw from Drew McIntyre. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm looking forward to it from that aspect that um, I think we finally are, you know, cashed out on Drew Lashley matches and uh, it's time to give them both something new to do. But this is a great way to send them both on their way. Definitely. Um, AJ Styles defeated Elias by DQ. I don't really care to talk about that, so we're just going to move on because I think this was interesting that we had Alexis Playground with Natalia and Tamina, and there are people saying we could see Alexa and Lily. That's right, Lily, the doll, win the tag team titles. I, I'm going to be all for it. I don't care at this point. I just think it'd be hilarious to see how they would pull that off. I mean, you could... Have Nikki Cross be Lily? I mean, we've already seen Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross anyway, so it would be full circle where Nikki was trying to get Alexa, you know, to be the Alexa of old. Maybe Alexa could convince Nikki to just join her, and she could be Nikki or Lily. So I'm all for it if they pull that off somehow, especially if they have Alexa just win the titles on her own and then just puts the title around Lily. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm all in on Alexa Bliss and Lily. I know it's crazy. We've already saw zombies be involved the night before at Backlash, but I mean, there's something here, and I say why not at this point? I mean, the women's tag team titles, we've kind of lost their luster anyway. <laughs> so it's like, what, you know, until you can find that team, I think that, you know, like we said, Riot Squad. I mean, come on. And you broke up the Iconics for no reason. But anyways, you know, I feel like if we just pass them around a little bit, it's fine. And, you know, maybe Nikki Cross being Lily could be something to see. So uh, what do you think, Greg? What do you, do you see Alexa Bliss getting the tag team titles off of Natalia and Tamina? No, uh, that's not what he's kind of leading from it. Um I think she's just kind of trying to get into the heads of all the, like the whole locker room and just kind of, um, you know, kind of like the fiend that just kind of give everybody something to look over their shoulder about. And while she's figuring out who she's going to target, because the week before it looks like she just had a voodoo and she had a base uh, legs start, you know, twisting in different directions or something. Um, and but you know next thing next week they was the titles um now she's had natalie and uh natty and tamina on the show and let's see what's going to happen to them next week maybe it's kind of a you know using their uh superpowers on them somehow and um you know it's bad luck or something like that um but there's there's some type of you know psychological thing going on I don't think uh, we're going to see 
an in-ring thing going on for another little while still. Um, is I think they're gonna keep playing with the whole, you know, she's you know kind of like the female fiend for a little while until she actually pops up in the ring somewhere. Uh, so I don't see them getting the tag team titles. It, it just doesn't make sense to me, but um, yeah, and then Nikki is being the being the Lily. The only thing that makes sense to me is if she or Nikki um, became like Nikki from NXT. You know the crazy psychopath. Uh, maybe they do something to her, and she becomes that kind of uh, the old Nikki. And instead of smiley, happy, bouncy Nikki, we get the psychotic and deranged, you know, running around all hysterical Nikki. Uh, so maybe they do something to her that switches her back. But um, then the uh, them to get the championships would make sense, but I don't see them making Nikki the default Lily. Mm-hmm. And then don't forget, we did hear the um, little the Lily laugh at the end of the women's tag team title match between Natalia and Tamina, and they defeated Shayna Baszler and Nick Nia Jax. So that really made me wonder if they might pull that trigger, and it wouldn't surprise me. Like we said, I feel like this rate. With the women tag team titles, you're just trying to throw air, you know, throw at a dartboard and see what sticks. So, I will be interested to see what they could pull off with that. Um, Angel Garza defeated Drew Gulak. This time, we saw Drew Gulak get the rose shoved down his mouth. So, yeah, these two are feuding over a rose. We're just going to move past that for now. But <laughs> Kofi Kingston had a big night. He defeated Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley. Now, let's go to the Orton stuff first. I think the bigger deal, like you brought this up, Matt Riddle kind of shoved Xavier Woods after the match. And, you know, maybe we will see that kind of turn of the page to Matt Riddle, more serious. You know, maybe he kind of takes what Randy Orton is about. And, you know, then they take out New Day in a way. So I'm sure you love that little aspect. It wasn't much, but it showed that, you know, we could maybe turn Riddle serious it's you know maybe ease up on the comedic stuff so um mm-hmm. any thoughts on kofi kicks and randy orton first greg yeah great match and those two never failed to deliver it was a, a great match you didn't expect kofi to get a win um even though he's got all the credentials to suggest that he would but just the way they've been playing things out um but knew they get to smash by uh aj and almost on a regular basis and um, they don't really seem to have any momentum on going on their side, but you know, as it is, New Day are Teflon, so they could lose 20 matches in a row and people would still pop for every time they come out. Um, so it was it was nice first to have that great match between those two, and then have uh, even though there was a little distraction in there, have Kofi get him with the win. Um, but it all served for the greater purpose of you know, giving Riddle more edge. And I've been trumping on that for a while is that I want to see um, serious Riddle come out more often. 
and hanging out with Randy is going to be what's uh, going to help pull that out of him. Uh, you know, every time he looks over at him, after saying something goofy, and Randy's just kind of staring at him without saying anything, and he's knowing, okay, I need to you know, be a little more serious. And week after week, that's going to start sinking in more, and we're going to get a slow turn from him being, um, you know, goofy cartoon riddle to being more kind of a Randy light. And, uh, you know, this is going to be better for him because he's, he's a great competitor. And as being more serious, he's going to be a lot, a lot better. It's going to do a lot more for his stock. It's going to make it seem more legitimate. And um, I think the ultimate payoff is eventually he gets to the level of, um, you know, seriousness that Randy has. And then he turns on Randy. And then, you know, you had an instant maybe double turn right there by uh, turning on Randy. So yeah, I was going to say, like, would the would the ultimate would I mean I hate we just put on the tag team titles on AJ and almost, but do Randy Orton and Riddle need to win those to kind of sync together? But like you said, you know, if it's Riddle just taking out Orton, I think that would be the better way. You know, maybe mm -hmm. saying he's the new legend killer, <laughs> something like that. You know, those lines. I mean, I think that would be the best service of him. You know, I, I was thinking like the ultimate payoffs to tag team titles, but they're better suited as singles guys. You know, Orton, Orton is like Teflon too. I mean, Orton can lose a ton and be in a title match, and we think he's probably going to win it. You know, it doesn't matter what title it is. So, right. I do like your idea of you know maybe full circle. Uh, Riddle's the one who ultimately turns heel, you know, kind of keeps what he is about him, but has just the meaner edge, the mean streak and all that, and just takes out Orton. I mean, Orton has definitely earned, you know, we, we talk about pandemic heroes. I mean, Randy Orton's one of those. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he definitely, and he, I, I, I think, you know, it's funny to think like, it's like he finally gets it. <laughs> and and I always say Orton is going to be the guy that when he's finally done, everybody will come out of the woodwork saying, "Oh well, I always loved the guy." You know that they kind of you know poop on him and like they you know they just say he's so robotic. But you know when he gets in the Hall of Fame and all that, like you're going to have everybody come in to you know run into say, "Oh well, I always knew how good he was," and you know you know we've been singing his praises for. The time we've been doing this and i you know i feel like the last year or last couple of years i mean the stuff with edge i know people are like well why is he work why is edge work well edge need to work with somebody he's comfortable with coming back from you know a nine year or whatever absence it was like you're not going to put edge and you know somebody he doesn't know how they work i mean that would just i know edge is good but i want edge to be safe so it's like that made sense so yeah it i think orton is the guy that is always going to be that right under the greats in a way, you know, like, but he's really found it. So yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, we, we already talked about Italian Tamita defeated Nia Jack Shayna Baszler. The Lily laugh at the end really gives me pause to think what that means. And if they do somehow get Alexa in that tag, I, I guess we'll see next week. If, if Alexa ends up with Natalia and Tamina and taking them out, you know, voodooing them somehow that will be interesting to see 
Uh, Ricochet's back in a way. He did lose to Sheamus, but good for Ricochet to see him. You know, a little bit different look for him, a little more, you know, tougher edge. I thought he looked a lot better. What do you think about Ricochet popping back up in uh, the United States Championship? Well, United States Open Challenge, not for the title against Sheamus, Greg. Are you a fan of Ricochet? Oh, yeah. I love Ricochet. Um, one of the best athletes on the roster. And uh, I was disappointed after he came up in NXT that, uh, you know, he got a tiny push and then he became, you know, just another enhancement guy. Um, you know, after the excitement of seeing him throw six thirties around uh, kind of wore off, they were done with it. And uh, it's been disappointing to see how he's been wasted because he is a super talent. Um, I love watching the guy's matches are always great um, when he's not getting squashed in two minutes. And um, so I like it that they're, they've given him some time off. I mean, his last angle was the whole thing with uh, Ali and uh, Retribution. And he's been gone since then. So, um, you know, kind of fresh coat paint, bring him back, have a good, good match uh, against Sheamus, which was. Uh, for a moment there, I thought he was going to, you know, get a squeaky uh, roll-up win or something like that. But at least you reestablish him as a guy who can who can hang and not get smashed in two minutes. And so um, it's a match that deserves a rematch. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see another Sheamus-Ricochet match. And maybe this time Ricochet pulls it out with, you know, a, a small package or you know, one of those uh, like a know, fluky type win, right? Yeah, you know, or maybe gets a count out win or something like that. But he, but yeah, he gets a yeah. win and you know keeps him in the mix. So it, I thought it was great to see him back, and um, you know this time don't squander the guy's too good for that. You know I can definitely see him with you know a secondary title, U.S. championship or something like that, and. Um, you know, adds to add to the star power because I think the uh, the WWE universe is behind it too. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, it does feel like a lot of people. And I know uh, your Lucha Underground days, you probably saw Miss Prince Puma, and that was his big character down there. So uh, I still need to get caught up on those and see like how he kind of became Prince Puma, and you know now he's Ricochet. Um, yeah. But what do you think of uh, Lucha so far? I, I enjoy it. It's definitely a different type of storytelling. You know, there's just a different cinema quality to it. It's, you know, gritty and all that. So I'm definitely going to just watch a couple episodes every weekend and, you know, get keep getting into it as I as I make my way through whatever wrestling I can find <laughs> to watch when I'm not wrestling. You know, we're not watching wrestling five days a week now <laughs> with, with every night of the week. And now I think even – Dynamite will be next Friday because of the playoffs. So, yeah, we got all kinds. And, of course, we forgot the news that AEW is adding Rampage on Friday nights uh, starting in August. So we're going to have so much wrestling to watch. It's not even going to be funny anymore. Um, but anyway, so, yes, I will. I need to keep adding, adding to my queue of extra, you know, throwing it on the weekend, you know, just kind of sitting back and relaxing on a nice – Saturday when there's nothing much going on. My Pacers are not in the playoffs, so I have no reason to watch the playoffs now. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, 
Yeah. I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, so you know it's it's oh, good time number one for me right now. Top seed. That's right. We got <laughs> we got a Lakers coming up Sunday. So you know what better way to start our championship run than dethroning the hated rivals and the uh oh yeah is, is that is that one eight then or is that two seven? It's two seven. They they lost okay. the one seed to Utah by one game. Jazz. Okay. The jazz. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if they were the top seed. Okay. Because we have the then who's playing? Who is the eighth seed? Did we figure that out yet? Uh, eighth seed is going to end up being uh, Memphis. They beat Golden State last night. That's right. They beat last night. Okay. Yeah. John Morant put yep. on a show. I heard. Okay. That shows how much I paid attention after the Pacers lost, and we could talk about their season because that would be its own podcast after this year. But anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of work to do. It sounds like, but anyways. <laughs> I want I want the old days of the 90s, but we're never going to see that again. So, uh, Asuka defeated Creole DeVille in a uh, match. <laughs> I mean, sorry, that was Charlotte. Uh, with a little di- uh, dis- distraction from Rhea Ripley. So, <laughs> just we keep saying these three women are all going to intermingle, I think, for the next couple months. And... Not much to say there because I just want to move on <laughs> to Damian Priest. If, the I, there you go. I, I was I got to bring that up. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was going to bring that up, uh, but you know we we kind of just keep going back to it and we're circling back to yes, Oscar, Charlotte, Rhea. You might as well just get used to seeing the three of them interact with each other yeah. until Becky comes back. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know. There's no other women like it. We keep saying it and saying it like you got to build up other women. You know, I don't care if you give Mandy Rose a title shot at this rate because you just got to get some other women involved in there. You know, push off Charlotte and Rhea to one side and let them go at it. Then Asuka, unfortunately, I don't know if she'll get left out because it does feel like the bigger deal is Charlotte and Rhea. You know, it's Asuka's kind of the side piece right now, but she, you know, she's getting the win over Charlotte and. And she got the win last time over Charlotte. So, uh, but Damian Priest defeated John Morrison in a non-zombie match this time. So let's just have it, Greg. What did you think about the zombies being involved the night before? Because everybody had their thoughts on it. I personally said, you know what? It. it I don't. I didn't care. <laughs> I mean, it wrote off the Miz, who unfortunately has a real injury. <laughs> I believe he tore his ACL or something like that, or he had some real knee injury. So they had to write him off. Uh, it sucks because the Miz has been injury-free for his career. You know, I think he he's never missed any big length of time. So just a crazy thing to think, you know, how strong the you know, how comfortable and safe the Miz has been. But uh, we saw Damian Priest win, and like we keep saying, now – Move on. Like, Damian Priest, put him in the Money in the Bank briefcase match. Like, something. You know, we got to give him that next level. But, Greg, go at it. Uh, zombies in a Lumberjack match. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh, was typical. I mean, uh, they're viewing the uh, Army of the Dead that's uh, premiering on Netflix this weekend. I think it's already uh, up and running. And, uh you know, still showing, you know, Batista some love. And uh, I guess if the Miz was legitimately injured, yeah, the script right off to have him 
or very Hollywood to have him get eaten by zombies to uh, signal his uh, current run on TV. So um, kind of ironic timing, but uh, convenient timing, um, you know, with all those things looped in. Um, I'm, I was one of those people who was who are Ms. Converts, because um, I remember him from the real world and hating on him when he came over and tried to be a wrestler. And, you know, it's taken 10 years, 11 years, how long he's been around to, um, you know, get my support as a, a legit wrestler. I mean, as of a handful of years ago, maybe four or five years ago, seeing this guy has worked so hard and he's become such a a talent beyond just being, you know, somebody who came out from another entertainment venue to, um, you know, taking ring time from other guys who've been doing it their whole life and just, just their profession kind of thing. Um, you know, I've enjoyed Miz, enjoyed listening to him, cutting, cutting people on his promos and uh, having some great, uh, programs with, you know, the top guys, you know, like Cena mentioned a few times and went to WrestleMania 33 and that was when he was cutting fire promos to John Cena in that lead up to the match with, um, him oh, the mixed, and, the mixed tag. Yeah. Him and Nikki against, uh, and this, and, you know, they're getting real personal, but those, those promos you did not want to miss it and that's how invaluable he is so um i got some good guys and um enjoy watching his matches it, you know look at the this past wrestlemania and how great he made that match with uh bad buddy how made him look like a million bucks mm-hmm. so um you know godspeed to you know miz get well soon you know we're looking forward to hating on you in the future <laughs> and it's funny because he started creating his character on the real world. And I think right. that's why it's so like he like he he always wanted to be a WWE superstar, it sounds like. And that was his avenue to get into it. You know? And like you said, you could throw the Miz in anything and he makes it important. You know, he like he always uses must see and he kind of does that. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the bottom of the card, middle of the card, top of the card, you know. It could be Saturday night heat or Saturday night shotgun Saturday night or Sunday night heat. I feel like the Miz, you'd want to tune in to see, you know, who's he going to cut a promo? You know, what's he going to do in this match to kind of find his way to win? So, yeah, I hope that he's not out too long, but it's probably a good time to, you know, charge the batteries, refresh the character. Think yeah. of what he, you know, he, he's maybe reinvent himself, you know, like a la Chris Jericho kind of in a way. So, uh, I, I've always been a fan of The Miz. I just think he's always, especially like we said, that promo, you know, well, it wasn't even a promo, the talking spec segment with Daniel Bryan. Like, you've yeah. got to believe there was some real feelings behind that. And then, like you said, the stuff with uh, John Cena, I completely forgot. It's so hard to believe. <laughs> Technically, Nikki and John Cena got engaged, and now you yeah. look at both, and, like, uh, Nikki's with her dance partner from... Dancing with the Stars has a kid, is engaged to him, even though she didn't want kids at the time. Go figure. But and then Cena, or no, Cena didn't want kids, and now he wants. You know yeah. who knows. But anyway, so it is very interesting to see how life 
comes at you in a hundred directions at times. So, um, yes, I hope the Miz comes back, refresh, recharge, back to itself. Has I, I I forget what the official I thought it was something with his you know knee or something, but hopefully you know out four or five six months comes back maybe you know fresh at some you know maybe Royal Rumble time you know kind of build into that. So you gave him all the time he needs. Like you know he's he's fine. So uh, and then finally Kofi Kingston defeated Bobby Lashley thanks to Drew McIntyre. So I'm gonna assume we're gonna see Kofi and Bobby again. Bobby will probably squash him. Maybe he'll squash him even quicker than Brock did. <laughs> and then that could be something they could play when we get Brock Lesnar back. But uh, any thoughts on that main event match, Greg? Yeah, it was a fun match. Um, we were, They did a good job of you know, throwing enough guys in the hat to make you wonder who it was going to be that came out. And uh, I think all of us were a little surprised that Kofi came out. And, um, yeah, great match between those two. And, um, you know, the, the finish is as you expect. There was the distraction and Kofi um, scoops a win. So, you know, he, uh, it doesn't do any harm to Lashley and helps build Kofi up a little bit more. And, uh, you know, inserts a fresh face into the picture. So I'd like to see Kofi and Bobby go at it again once the uh, Hell in a Cell is over. So I think that's probably what they're what they're aiming for. Um, New Day is going to be able to do anything right now. They've already lost two matches to uh, AJ and almost. So it's time to find something else to do with those two. So we throw Kofi into the uh, championship picture and we find something else to do with uh, Xavier. So. It's uh, I like what they're doing with it, and you know, maybe there'll be a uh, you know a call up after Hell in a Cell, and you know you have another name to throw in there. So I'm curious to see what the uh, next couple weeks are gonna we're gonna give us. There we go, and that was Monday Night Raw. Uh, let's get right into Friday Night SmackDown. We saw that last night. Uh, we had Sonya Deville come out and announce live crowds coming back. I thought that was an interesting choice to make her kind of the voice of you know, saying live crowds are coming back, but uh, it is what it is with her. And then she announced a parade of champions, which was, you know, the father-son duo of Mysterio family with their tag team belts for SmackDown. We saw um, the women's tag team titles out there. We saw Apollo Crews. Uh, we did not see Roman Reigns, but we saw Paul Heyman come out there to announce that Roman Reigns will come out on his own time which he did come out later, but pretty much this led it to Bailey coming out. And then we had Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Bailey defeat Bianca Belair and Natalia Tamina. Still going back to that idea that uh, Bianca Belair used her hair in a way. I think, I do think they're going to do some hair versus hair match or something like that. Cause it's funny that the hair keeps getting talked about. So, or they just say, Oh, her, her braid can't be used or she loses the title. Something, you know, to that regard. But, uh, Greg, any thoughts on the six women match that we saw there at the beginning of SmackDown? No, it's just another uh, foundation piece in setting, you know, the beginning of a new storyline. Um, yeah, the whole thing with the braid, they're going to keep involving the braid. 
uh, it's always the same thing. You know, the, the bad guy is trying to use the braid to their advantage and uh, Bianca flips it on him and it ends up being a key piece in helping her keep her title. So um, I can see some type of weird, you know, no braid you know, involvement kind of stipulation. Um, hair versus hair. I know. <laughs> I think there's that's what, no that's way. why I brought up. I brought up the other stipulation because I was like, I don't think we'll do here. But it's funny that the hair keeps getting talked about, and usually, yeah, logic would it's, say. <laughs> yeah, it's a good Go ahead. for the villain to kind of oh she cheated, but uh, you know, ignoring the fact they started, and uh, but yeah, it's just thinking. I think that, is you know real hair i think there's no way that uh she's gonna lose a, a hair versus hair match so i can't picture them doing a hair versus hair but uh as long as beyond this is going to be getting over well yeah go for it and then we'll be happy to see her take the shears to bailey's head or uh, whoever else is trying to uh capitalize on you know the psychological advantage of you know, possibly chopping off that braid, but, um, you know, knowing how long it takes to grow that much hair, yeah, I don't think there's no way that <laughs> she's going to lose that there. And that's her calling exactly. card. They, they, oh, yeah. She'd have to disappear for six months to, you know, reinvent a, a new gimmick because that's, mm-hmm. you know, part and parcel of what she does. And no Sasha Banks yet, so Sasha must be enjoying the time off for whatever reason, until she decides to come back. So uh, I, I am curious to see what she might insert herself back into all this because it feels like she's got a beef with that. So why not? Especially, you know, like we said, she took the brunt of the hair. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated King Corbin with the help of Rick Boogs. I thought he said booze, and I'm glad he spelled it out because I had no idea what he said. But it's B O O G S. It is not J E double F J A double R E double T. But it's Rick <laughs> Boogs. And uh, that was an interesting call up because I don't remember him that much on NXT. Like, you know, he I think he did some matches, but uh, I guess him pairing with Nakamura is a good thing. <laughs> like, you, you could just have him kind of follow the lead of Nakamura, but. Uh, Greg, have you seen anything of Rick Booze? I believe his whole name is like Bugenhausen or it's some long name, but I'm glad they shortened it. And uh, the guitar was there. There was a little. It was kind of hurt my ears for a little bit. Like they gotta they gotta ease up on that. Uh, whatever they were doing with the effects. So uh, yeah, <laughs> and Ke- and uh, Nakamura still with the crown. I don't know if you saw on his Instagram and uh, Twitter. He was he was playing up the crowd. He he was pumping gas with the crown. I think he was working out at the crown. He had his cat with you know sitting with sipping tea with the crown. His theme music playing. So uh, yeah, uh, Greg, any thoughts on all of this? Yeah, um, I was noticing last week that I was enjoying the whole thing with Shinsuke um, taking the crown and. You know, him playing it up, you know, how heavy that crowd is. And 
you know, he's going to be able to get it on his head and we're all walking, watching it. It's like watching a mime. And uh, it, it was so good. It was so corny, but it was so good. And I was like, I hope this gives Shannon a new, um, you know, kind of an attitude change because he's kind of been a, a punching bag lately. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a trigger and it makes him, you know, better, you know, you know, the King of Strong style instead of, you know, what he's been for you know, way too long. You know, he's, he's lost his mojo like some a lot of others, you know, who came up through NXT and kind of got lost, you know, in bad programs and bad storylines. And um, so he definitely looked like it's, it's definitely triggered something in him, you know, maybe a, a more serious side, more um, vicious side. After this fight a match, he was, he looked a little different. He had a little more um, swagger to him. He had, and so I'm all about the the uh, the crown. And maybe it's a, I don't know how long it is until we have the next King of the Ring. But um, you know, playing to that a little bit more. You know, King Shinsuke. I'd, I'd be uh, signed up for that. See how he could do it. But um, and then Boogs. Like I don't remember the guy from NXT. Yeah. And so, yeah, go ahead and let him be a stooge or, um, you know, a distraction or whatever. But I'm curious to see how it's going to play out those two. But uh, if it helps get Shinsuke over, I'm, I'm all for it because <laughs> I always like Shinsuke from that first match I saw him uh, debut with uh, Sami Zayn. Mm. And talk about five star matches. That was a five star match and. You know, if I get more of that out of him, you know, sign me up. Well, that was the th- I always harken back to that. And I think was the bar after that set so high. He was, I mean, he's never going to touch it. Like you think about all the hype to that and that being Sami Zayn's last match in NXT. And you could tell it meant something to Sami Zayn because they'd never wrestled before. So it's like you got the bar that high. I mean, what? <laughs> it's like, what What else could we do? It's almost like not commercial, but I'm out. I wrestled WWE. You know, pull the Liger, Justin Thunder Liger. You know, I did my one match with Tyler Breeze. See ya. Like, you know, put me in the Hall of Fame next year. But, uh, yeah, Nakamura, it, it does feel like he he's one of those guys kind of like, you know, I, I feel like he can coast. But when he's interested, it's even better. You know, it, it's yeah. kind of like the Orton, like Orton phase, you know, where if Orton's not interested, well, then, yeah, he's going to coast. It's still going to be okay because it's Orton. Orton could, you know, wrestle a mop and probably make it interesting. But uh, Nakamura, you do see, I mean, like I said, the Twitter feed with him, you know, pumping gas, wearing it. I mean, it'd be even better if he just creates his own crown somehow. Like if Corbin gets his back and then you just have Nakamura come out with like, some bigger one. Uh, I there is some video of him from New Japan when he has this like. I mean, it's like up here. See, it's not even. I I'm literally off camera because how how big his crown was. But you know, just making his own, like calling himself the unofficial king of the ring or something like that. Um, Xavier Woods, Xavier Woods has vouched for him being the king of the ring on Twitter a lot. So I think that would be fun. But uh, yeah, we need a good old school king of the ring. You know, just like we said. 
almost a money in the bank feel to it. You know, guys going out there and proving themselves. Uh, Roman Reigns came out there, uh, speaking of King of the Rings, and talking about his universal title. And, you know, he wanted his cousin because <laughs> Jimmy Uso is still doing his own thing in a way. And Cesaro came out. Cesaro wants a rematch because obviously he deserves it. But that brought up Seth Rollins, who took a pretty bit. It looked like he hit Cesaro at some point pretty legit because there was a nice little red mark. Uh, and Cesaro even tweeted out today, I have a headache uh, because he took a couple uh, hard curb stomps and one even on the shoulder. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know if the injury is legit, but you know, it, it seemed like that was a nice little play up. I think we need to do like, I think I brought it up last week. Cesaro and Seth Rollins makes the most sense in the cell. Now that you have all this aspect and, you know, Roman just being free off on hell in a cell because, you know, yes, Cesaro and Roman make sense, but I feel like the bigger story is Cesaro and Seth to kind of finish that out, and then Cesaro could keep trying to challenge for the title. So, uh, Greg, what do you think about all this? Different parts, of course. We we didn't even get to Jimmy or Jay or Jimmy Uso's part yet because I'm going to bring that up after this next match. Uh, but yeah, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Hell in the Cell. Are you into that, or do you think we should go? Cesaro and Roman Reigns in the cell. No, I'm, I'm definitely into him getting rid of Seth first. Um, there's more bad blood there. Um, he did have a great match with with Roman, and you know, it ended with him, you know, not giving up. You know, he you know he passed out, but and you know, it's an easy way to you know and reinsert yourself uh, later down the road. You know, when you're cutting your promo. Um, but uh, it, the most logical choice for a Hell in a Cell would definitely be uh, Cesaro and and um, Seth. Um, so that's what definitely what I'm going to see next. Uh, let Seth finally be vanquished, and then he can be uh, claimed the mantle and try to um, face Roman again. But um, I think another uh, Seth and Cesaro on the cage would be like the, the show stealer of the night. Um, I'd love to see that match again, especially inside the inside the cell. I don't, and we haven't seen Cesaro in the Hell in a Cell match. I know we've seen Seth, but I don't believe we've seen Cesaro. So that'd be kind of cool to see what he could do in there, you know, with that kind of aspect. So uh, Dominic Mysterio defeated Robert Roode. <laughs> Nothing there. What I want to bring up is we're getting the Street Profits and the Usos possibly because Jimmy Uso got him and Jay a match against the Street Profits. So, Greg, uh, is that a match that, you know, we do we need some build towards? Or, you know, I feel like we're just kind of throwing this out there when this should be a this should be a bigger deal than what it is. It should be. Um, I'm a huge fan of both, both teams. Uh, I've been down with Street Profits since I first saw them in NXT. And you know, I, I sounded like Percy Watts because uh, you know how Percy always had me in them. Um, I was in the same boat with him. We were both, um, you know, steering that train. And uh, I love the Street Profits. And the Usos are OGs. They're, especially when they're uh, when they're on, you know, it seems like kind of like the other underlying theme is that, you know, when these guys have, 
you know, something juicy to their teeth into, they are at the top of their game. And um, the street profits need to be more, yeah, more serious to it. They, they're leaning on the comedy a little bit too much and you know, less on the in-ring. But uh, I, I'm serious with those two would be, would rival the uh, New Day against the Usos. And we know how great that series of matches with those two are. So I think we could get something similar with the Street Profits and the New Day when, and the uh, Usos. Um, something along that level, maybe not that great yet because the Street Profits are still, you know, so new to the game. But um, we could get a banger of a match and, you know, get a little back and forth between those two. But it should definitely be a bigger deal than more than just, a, you know, here's the match in next week that uh, there should be some build up, there should be some promos, there should be, um, you know, maybe a couple run-ins before they actually have their first match because, it, you know, they do it right. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And um, so I, I want them to do this right because these guys deserve it. And, you know, the universe deserves it. You know, we're about to get the uh, live crowds back. And I think that's going to be a big thing is that once they see the pop that everybody's going to get and how great these matches are going to go over, they're going to have no choice but to give these guys a serious like, string of matches to have because, you know, one match is definitely not going to be enough. And that's why you do wonder if maybe some, like if Roman says, no, Jay, you ain't doing this or something, like keep holding it off a little bit. You know, especially if that that Friday eh, Friday night SmackDown in July is the first live event back. So why not pull the trigger there? You know, if you can do it, well, you know, maybe Street Profits just try to take out Jimmy or something like that. Or, you know, give it. I don't I don't think it actually happens next week is what I'm ultimately saying. Do you think it, the match actually happens next week, too? Or does it happen next week, sir? No, I don't think it does either. Um, yeah. It's going to take more time for from what it's looking like for the Usos to be a, a team again because there's still too much animosity with, with Jay or Jimmy and Jay, the whole three, all three of them, um, about the Usos becoming a tag team chasing championship again. Um, so good, that's what we want, is that um, let them play on that division a little bit more until we get to five crowds and then we still have that push pull with uh, Jay in the middle. Is are you going to be a team or are you going to be a stooge? And uh, you know, once they pull the trigger, you know, there the street profits are. You have your your first, you know, kickoff as you know the legit Usos. And um, if they're on the opposite side where Roman is, it's even better because you have. Uh, two storylines running at the same time. If they're um, doing their thing while Roman's doing his, not just being his yes man. So um, it's, it's the best storyline going in the company right now. So, um, but no, I don't think the uh, match is going to happen yet. And uh, maybe it's going to take the uh, Street Professor to be the perfect conduits to just kind of come in and just kind of clown on Roman, clown on um, the Usos. And try to go him into it, and also here's a angle may have it that uh, deserves uh, some looking into. 
uh, Montez Ford entering into that championship mix because mm-hmm. you know what he's got everything he's got the charisma he's got the skills and um, you know he's what makes the street profits go mm-hmm. you know Angelo is the heavy and um, Montez is is the uh, flash he's the style you know and uh, I can see him as the huge baby face underdog going against Roman, you know, end of the month or maybe you know next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and is an unlikely guy to challenge for the championship. But you know, once uh, he gets like a, a Daniel Bryan push, you know, he could be, you know, that feel good champion. I'm nobody to save that for Big E. But he's a, a guy you can kind of put in as a dark horse who can challenge, you know, down the road. Maybe it's six months, a year, year and a half away. But um, throw that out there in the universe, see what happens. Uh, I, uh, I was going to say, it feels like Montez Ford is definitely the HBK <laughs> and Angelo is the Genetti. Like you could just see it from a mile yeah. away. But, right. you know, and that's, you know, that's if, if Angelo could still get a seek, you know, decent career out of it, you know, just that's fine too, you know. So it's like it's not necessarily a bad thing, but in most tag teams, one guy just looks better. Than, I mean, that's you know, it's not often you run into tag teams that both guys take off. So, uh, but yeah. we could just tell that the company is more behind Montez just from the way it looks. So, and then finally, Apollo Cruz defeated Kevin Owens, Biggie, Sami Zayn in a fatal four way. But the big story was Aleister Black coming out to take out Big E. I'm so glad that we brought Aleister Black. I was wondering, like, how much more are we going to do with these promos? My only thing is I feel like he's still kind of the same. Like, you know, yes, we don't – I guess we don't really know yet. You know, we got the promos. We see a different side of that. But in the ring, you know, he does the black mask and takes out Big E. That's the thing. I guess if you make that as a killer move, you know, and just let him take out guys and win right away, then yeah. But I'm going to see the, you know, I, I need to see the next step, you know, as he now he's back working in the ring. Because like I said, I don't want to keep seeing the same Alistair Black with different promos. You know, that's the thing. Like, but I was glad that they didn't let it play. I felt like you had to pull the trigger on him back in the ring soon or the promos would be nothing. So I was glad to see it happen. And now we're going to probably get some killer stuff out of him and Big E. But it's once again, both guys that need that push. <laughs> so that's going to be tough. I don't, because I don't know if Big E can eat too many losses. And you don't want to, lo- you know, you don't want Alistair Black to eat many losses with, you know, now that he's got this different side. So that's always a tough with two guys that I feel like are right there that need it. Uh, but Greg, what are you thinking about this whole Alistair Black, Big E feud that we're heading to? I'm happy that uh, Alistair Black is back. Um, like I said, I was there for his first match in NXT, and um, I'm I'm loving the guy. Everything about him. Um, hated what they did with him before he, you know, finally took his little sabbatical and, you know, to uh, before he last time he went off the TV. The whole thing with the uh, the eye and the eye patch and being involved. That whole mess with the Mysterios and Seth Rollins. Um, so he's been away long enough to become fresh again. 
And, um, you know, this is a big step forward and putting himself into a, a great situation. Um, he and Biggie, like I said, are, are both, you know, on the way up. And um, I'm not saying how you're going to do it to a point where they're both not eating too many L's. Um, you still have uh, Aziz and Apollo to mess with things, maybe cause, you know, DQs, things like that, so that, you know, they can win without losing or lose without winning. And um, so you got another three-headed dragon going on with uh, those two, and, you know, Apollo's not going to go quietly into the night. So, um, but uh, it's, you know, a, a rivalry that see coming, and it should be money with uh, Black and Biggie, um, because Black pull out more of that serious side out of Biggie, just out of how good he is. And um, it's going to take a more serious type of match. Um, so I'm going to hype for it, see how it goes. And you know, that, that mass is money. So it's uh, it's exciting. It's, it gives you another thing to look forward to aside from this all the Roman stuff. So, you know, I was already enjoying what Apollo and Big E was doing. But, you know, they their programs kind of run its course. And, you know, all those matches are starting to look the same. So... This is a great time to escalate somebody else uh, to oppose Big E and get somebody else for Apollo and keep his momentum going. Maybe move Kevin Owens down to Apollo and, you know, still keep uh, giving some shine to Apollo, but with another foil. So um, I'm like the way they they are setting things up down there. SmackDown is definitely doing a lot better job than Raw is right now. Yeah, that's and it's so funny because it's like the same people, right? <laughs> well, I guess it's the same people, right? I don't know. But uh, yes, uh, SmackDown has always just been a step above, especially, you know, with the move to Friday night. I feel like the Fox stuff has helped. So maybe that's part of the reason. Um, but yeah, it. I like Alistair being right into the IC title picture because that's right where he needs to be too. So, you know, maybe him and Apollo could go at it as well. So that keeps him and Big E away. Then you still got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in the mix. Like it, like we said, it feels like the IC title is on that second level, like where it should be. It's not just part of the show. Like it, it is a reason to tune in to the show. And that, you know, then letting them have that, you know, as the main event, I think says a lot for that IC title. So yeah. uh, that was a, that's our Raw and SmackDown talk. Let's take a quick little reality talk break kind of catch our breath get our uh, thoughts on nxt and aw because aw has double or nothing coming up and we also have nxt in your house coming up in june so cool events coming for there what is up everybody it's your boy dan over at bwsports1.com and black and white sports and i'm wondering if you're ready to buy or sell that home now's the time and i got just the person for you mr sean nugent aka rockstar realtor himself 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today. 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. 
And we are back, the Greg One over there. I'm your host, Stephen A. 1181, right here giving our NXT thoughts. We'll probably do some quick hits with this, uh, just because, you know, things were kind of moving a little quicker on NXT. Tony Storm defeated Zoe Stark. I thought that was a good win for Tony Storm there. Uh, any thoughts on that first match, Greg, with Tony Storm and Zoe Stark? No, good match. Um, but the right person won, and it's, it's going to be a slow with Zoe Stark and her getting this close with all the top girls. And um, eventually she's going to have a breakthrough, and, you know, she's going to escalate. But it was the right move. It, it's not her time yet. Yeah. And and like I said before, I think Tony Storm needed to pick up some wins because she was eating some L's there. And I was afraid she was starting to fall off. Um, it's hard to remember, hard to forget that she was the first, you know, UK women's champion or one of the UK women's champion. Uh, I think maybe right her right after Rhea Ripley, but um, and I thought she'd do I thought she'd be a little higher level in NXT, but she's just getting, you know, slowly kind of building herself back up. So uh, Jake Atlas defeated Cameron Grimes. Thanks to Ted DiBiase. I still I still feel like Ted DiBiase is going to pull somebody out. I don't know who, but, you know, they're going to meet face-to-face next week. So I feel like he's got to bring up somebody with him. I I don't know. <laughs> what You got anything, Greg, <laughs> on this whole Ted DiBiase, Cameron Grimes stuff? Uh, it's been fun to watch, and uh, it's been funny. I mean – all of the most of the uh, comedy stuff they're trying to do kind of falls flat, but this has been actually like comic gold, and they couldn't find two better guys to 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 play it. Um, so I'm enjoying it, but what you're saying makes sense. You know, why else would you build a comedy segment unless it's to unveil somebody? And maybe it's his son, maybe it's another, you know. Monster and DBS is going to be kind of a you know a heel manager or you know like back in the day, but uh, there's too much energy and time being given to it for it not to you know pay off with something in terms of a new talent or a reimagined talent like DBS Jr. So I'm going to be watching to see what happens with it because I don't want to see the end of the DBS Grimes dynamic yet. Because well, like we said, there's just not been the payoff yet. Literally, right. <laughs> pun <laughs> all the way intended. There, um, Killing You Day defeated Alexander Wolf, which I think is very fitting now that we saw Wolf get um, released the next day. What a way! I guess hey, at least he went out with a good friend, <laughs> uh, and then it gets taken out by Imperium. We kind of talked about that, so we'll we'll move on because I think it's interesting to see Legado de Fantasma defeat Champ and Thatcher. But we also saw Zach Gibson and James Drake involved. And no Santos Escobar, because like I mean, we've been harping on it. I do think all of them are all three, Legato, Dave Fantasma, and Santos are gonna get called up after they're done with MSK. So uh, any thoughts on Legato Dave Fantasma and the Champa Thatcher match there, Greg? Um, no, they had a good match. Um and it just shows these guys can go with anybody. So um I agree with you. There's there's nothing left for them to do. There's no place for them to go logically except to the main roster. So I hope they stay together and just create chaos um, on the main roster because 
there is a definitely a, a deficit as far as you know good tag teams in the tag team division as a whole and uh, these guys can take over for a while until you know we get some more teams that um you know establish themselves but um, uh, i'm liking the uh, prospect of um seeing legato on the main roster yeah and what and like we said it's so interesting because we haven't really seen people who are ready yet <laughs> like you know usually it's like okay Sami Zayn, you're ready to go. Kevin Owens, you're ready to go. You know, all these other guys. Finn Bauer, you're ready to go. Uh, Shinsuke, you're ready to go. And right now, Legato de Fantasma with Escobar, the only guys like, you know, that are like Io Shirai, I think probably should be. Um, you know, I think she needs to finish up whatever she's doing down there. But other than that, it's, it's very slim pickings down there. You know, there's guys that really need to do some work down there to build themselves up, but. Uh, Saray defeat Aaliyah, nothing much there. I, I'm not I, – I think we got to see more from Saray. I thought, you know, Robert Stonebrand, I don't know what he was looking like this week, but uh, he's got to pick up some wins if he – you know, his brand is, uh, is faltering. So uh, how about Hit Row? Uh, Greg, what do you think about their debut? It, it looked like a good eclectic group of people, and they each kind of do their own thing. I, I'm interested to see uh, – I always forget the girl's name. I want to see what she could do in the women's division, but uh, I thought Hit Row looked pretty good. And, you know, the big bulky guy, you know, you got the the brawn, and then you have, the, you know, kind of the wild card mix. So uh, what do you think about Hit Row going into action? I like them. They're, uh, they're going to be a good heel faction. Um, everybody looks good together. They look legit together. Um, the promo was great. I uh, really enjoyed that, and um, I, I'm, I'm liking, you know, Swerve's playing to his, you know, heel tendencies, and um, those two, or the four of them, just look like they belong together, so um, I'm excited to see what they can do, and, um, you know, they could be you know, similar to, you know, Undisputed. When they first came out, they took over for a long time. They took over for years. and But they give that kind of um, strength to hit rope. It's going to depend on how it's going to look when they come back in front of live audiences. But um, right now, I'm buying into it. Um, they look legit, and if they go in the ring, um, I think all they have is a squash right now, but they can go in the ring. You can definitely see them um, on that level, on the undisputed type of level. But we need to see more out of how good Swerve is, but uh, how's uh, Top Dollar and um, Ashanti going to do together? And so uh, I'm going to be interested in seeing how they how they all gel and how they look together. But uh, And it's it's different because of the music as music aspect of it. Like who would have thought you'd put, you know, like a, I mean, a little, you know, like a band aspect to it, um, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's all about wrestling, but you know, it's always, you know, it's also about these guys trying to get their brand bigger than, you know, what it is like trying to build outside as well. So um, yeah, I think it's kind of different to see that type of aspect to it. Bronson Reed is the new North American champion he defeated johnny gargano in a 
steel cage match. I guess this is gonna this is probably gonna be good because the Johnny Gargano that is all psychotic and trying to figure out why everybody's against him is probably the best Johnny Gargano. So him losing the title is probably good, but I want to see some more fun with him having a title and the way having a title and then you know Austin Theory just being left in the cold, but now they don't have it. Maybe they'll get the tag team titles just to be that. But uh yeah, Bronson Reed, congrats. He got a nice little moment with his wife there. I believe she they showed a little exclusive that she got to come celebrate with him. I don't know, you know, how often she gets to travel with him, but uh, it was nice that she got to be there for him in this match. And uh, we we kept saying about Bronson Reed, and I I didn't think they'd pull the trigger on it now, but I'm okay with it, if that makes sense. <laughs> how about you, Greg? Were you uh, ready for Bronson Reed to take the title now? Yeah, I thought it was, you know, writing was on the wall there, but it was well-deserved. You know, he's worked his way up from the bottom, and, um, you know, now he's looked like money. It's uh, he, he can be a draw. Uh, he's strong in the ring. His matches are always solid. And um, I like the, the parallel that they drew that uh, it was X amount of years from to the day from the day he made his pro debut mm -hmm. that he was getting, you know, his chance at the championship. So, um, you know, you could see it coming. And, um, it would have been great if they had waited a month until they're back in front of the live crowds. But right now, doing it now wasn't going to make any difference. When he comes out, you know, in front of a live crowd as the champ, he's still going to get as big a pop as he did, as he would have uh, doing it in front of a crowd uh, the other night. So, um, congratulations to him. It's a cool moment with getting to celebrate it with his wife and, you know, you know, starting with the bottom of now we're here kind of thing going on. So, uh, you know, good form. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do um, with the belt because there's some juicy matchups waiting for him. Yeah, we, st we still got Dexter Loomis in the in the mix. Uh, they had that little backstage segment at the, ther at the uh, relaxation spa area. So, and, you know, we could still do a rematch with Johnny Gargano. You maybe you could have Austin Theory try to go after it. You know, maybe Cameron Grimes, Kyle Riley. I mean, there's definitely names out there. Maybe Bobby Fish. I mean, Bobby Fish wants to, you know, he's kind of going to do his own thing. So, yeah, there, like you said, plenty of different names to go out there. And um, NXT TakeOver In Your House is coming back. I always loved the In Your House back in the day. So, I think that will be a fun little pay-per-view. Gets its own Sunday night, I believe, probably the week before. Um, Hell in a Cell. So, that will be a nice little two week of, you know, NXT and uh, WWE back to back. So let's get into it. Finally finished up AEW. We kind of surpassed, we did, we've been bypassing NXT or sorry, AEW for the past couple weeks. We had a lot of stuff going on as I looked through my list of stuff here. Uh, first off, Krista Cage defeated Matt Seidel. It just builds up Krista Cage for the, um, uh, the uh, double or nothing casino battle royale. Sorry where everybody gets, you know, in the ring and all that. Matt Seidel looked fine. I believe his brother is hurt, though, for a little bit. So maybe they'll kind of let Matt, you know, Matt kind of go at it alone for a little bit. Um, let's get up to next. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston defeated the Acclaim. I thought a pretty solid match. Did you have any thoughts on that match there, Greg, for Moxley and Kingston defeating the Acclaim and uh, stealing their shoes and their socks 
<laughs> I'm sorry, the Young Bucks, they stole theirs at the end of the match. But uh, good to – interesting stuff there. So Moxley kicks to Greg. Uh, any thoughts on them and uh, their match? No, it's solidified themselves as, you know, a, a good tag team. The match was solid. And, um, you know, just the perfect amount of, um, you know, flavor at the end with the Young Bucks and, you know, Kingston still in their shoes and socks is – it's really funny. I enjoyed that little that little spot. And once the uh, bucks came to and realized they were barefoot and been robbed, so it was it was a pretty uh, funny moment there. I enjoyed that. The um, Dior ones. But that's right. The Dior Jordans. It was. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably steal them too. <laughs> but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see them. Uh, against the Bucks, it's just more fuel to the fire that's going to see a uh, championship change, I think. Um, like I said, there's got to be, um, you know, some payback with um, Moxley and the whole elite group. So this is going to be one of the the first uh, the first, you know, the payback. Mm-hmm. One, and a, one of quite a few, I think. And of course, we have Moxley coming out to the wild thing from Major League, so that'll be fun for crowds to kind of sing along with. Um, Are you liking that? The, him coming out the because that threw uh, me off when the, he came out. The week before, his, uh, the week before, the week before, I did it. Like I think the the audio just wasn't right. It seemed like so it's hard to hear it. And I think I like the. I, I liked it. You know, Major League, I, uh, that's one of my favorite baseball movies. Charlie Sheen coming out to that, I thought it was fun. I'm always a, like, I do love baseball because you got the walkout songs, you have the bullpen songs. I, I don't like, I mean, you already got people singing with Judas, though. Do we need people singing along with this, too? Like, I get it, but, you know, I, I think that's the thing, too. Like, if it's the crowd doing it, you know, maybe like every once in a while. But it sounds like they're just going to do it moving forward. You know, it's kind of like Judas. Like, oh. yeah, I love it. But after a while, it's like, okay, like, do we need to keep here, you know, singing along and all that? Like, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting dynamic. And I guess I like it in a way because it gives Moxley and Kingston a theme song in a way, if that makes sense. You know, if that's – what about you? Yeah, I, I don't like it. It's, uh, you know, I get it if they're doing it with Moxley and Kingston as a tag team, but he came out with it uh, for his singles match uh, against the uh, the guy from Japan whose name escapes me. Uh, so that that was the first thing that threw me off about that match was, okay, what happened to his music? And why is he coming out to Wild Thing? Uh, so I get Wild Thing, but... You know, why a major league reference? They play in a football stadium. Um, and it, it just doesn't fit John Moxley. Um, the, the mood and the vibe of the song is too happy for him. So uh, I don't like it. Juice is a whole different thing. That's, you know, that's Jericho himself and his band, and it fits the inner circle. Um, you know, it makes sense. It's, and now I'm singing along to Judas' uh, time-honored tradition. It's been 
been done since day one. So um, it would be weird to have Jericho or the Inner Circle come out without Judas. Um, so we're talking about two different we're talking about apples and oranges as far as uh, Wild Thing versus Judas goes. Um, we're going to be doing the Judas thing for the rest of Jericho's existence in AEW. <laughs> but um, I, I don't like the Wild Thing. Maybe it'll, it'll uh, maybe it'll get over me in in time, but I don't see it. I, I'd rather for John Moxley match get John Moxley music, and I feel the same way about the uh, the change for Orin Cassidy when he does a singles match. He's coming out with that dopey best friend song instead of that cool jazzy um, song that he had for his uh when he was coming out and competing as a single um so i hope they change that back but you know there's a bunch of fails with the music going on right now and you know this is not emphasized enough as another aspect that you know kind of gets your guy over well like, just like they, and they bought, uh, sorry i was saying they bought the rights of those songs so it's like they have to use it now because it probably wasn't cheap to get, you know, the Pixies, Where's My Mind, and to get, you know, this, like, wild thing from Major League type. Like, that. you know, it's not like they, you know, you can't just use that. Like, you legit have to, you have to put some money down. And on a quick side note, so Fozzie is coming to Indianapolis at a small venue. Do I go, Greg, to hear Judas? <laughs> I'm Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. You got I joked, I'm like, and if he plays it first, well, then I can just leave right after. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, I'm highly debating going to see Fozzie. Would really suck if he didn't play it at all. Like, I would have oh, put him past it. Got to. I mean, he's I got to. he has to, but. It'll, it'll be the second encore, so you have to watch the whole show. Then, I'll just, like, go later. I'll just, like, wait and, like, wait outside. <laughs> Because it's like outside, it's like in a small venue, so I'm pretty sure I could just sit like on the sidewalk and wait till, or I just I just sit outside the venue. But anyways, um, Fozzie is touring. They're supposed to come here last year, and now they're coming back in September. I think they're doing a a fall tour. So uh, I'm highly debating seeing Fozzie as far as uh, that's concerned. <laughs> That'd be an interesting. That would, I've never, I haven't heard anything of them but Judas. So I don't know, um, but it, it would be interesting if that was my first in-person concert as well. Because I, you know, I I bought some live stream stuff. I've not obviously I haven't seen any live person in-person concerts yet. So uh, if that was my first uh, back to person Just lately, concert. you haven't been to any concerts at all. Oh, I, oh yeah, lately, lately, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've been going since two thousand. Don't you worry. I saw Blink-22 as my first concert ever. Uh, so let's just go there. Greg, what was your first concert ever? Uh, Kiss, Slaughter, and Danger, Danger. And that was in 1990. Oh, okay. And I so you saw, that show. So you saw Kiss, you said? Yep, Kiss, Slaughter, and oh, Danger, wow. Danger. And I was in Slaughter's fan club. And okay. I, sent them a letter so this is my first concert i'm going to see you guys 
and he sent me backstage <laughs> passes to meet Slaughter, not Kiss, but I met not Slaughter Kiss, yeah. <laughs> uh, before their set and uh, had a great time. Was Kiss in but, makeup then? Um, no. No, that so that would be, yeah, because the, they didn't get back in makeup till the late middle 90s, I think middle 90s. Yeah. Maybe even late 90s. Okay, so yeah, that would have been the uh, the unmasked because they did the unplugged in like 80s, whatever, and they were unmasked, and then they did, I always remember they had that forever song. I think they were yeah. unmasked, which and is, I think they yeah. were during the, uh, it was either the Hot in the Shade tour or the okay. Revenge tour, whichever came first. Yeah. Yeah, they were touring to support that that release. I I got to see Kiss, uh, believe it or not, at the State Fair here in Indiana, in Indianapolis. They they did the State Fair once, and uh, that's how I saw Kiss. But uh, I kind of thought, well, that that just says everything about Kiss now. Like I think that was about five years ago, maybe. But uh, yeah. So, but my first concert was Blink Away Two. I remember they had a flaming sign that was the F word. And uh, I was all about that in 2000. And then, then I saw the Warp Tour, saw a few of those, and yeah. So I've seen, I've seen some live music, but uh, haven't seen it in person, obviously, in, in you know, pre-pandemic days. And I was trying to remember before that, like, when's the last show I saw? But uh, enough music talk. I could talk about music all day. So uh, Ethan Page at Scorpio Sky, Will Face, Darby Allen, and Sting live. No cinematic matches. This is that's gonna be interesting to see how Sting does. He said, um, because he kind of hated the cinematic matches because you have to film forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like a legit, you know, it's like a movie, so you have to film it. And apparently on the DVD, there's a director's cut of that Street Fight for Revolution. So if you want to see the full-out <laughs> match that they had, uh by the uh uh-oh. Come on, camera. There we go. By the DVD of Revolution. So, Greg, are you looking forward to Sting live? Not in person because we won't be there, but we'll see him live with Darby Allen going against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably because I remember Sting's last match. And, um, you know, not counting the, the cinematic match, but his last in-ring match with uh, Triple H at WrestleMania of however many years ago it was, and it was a hot mess. Um, Triple H trying to carry his thing through all the big spots and doing the whole business with all the factions from yesteryear coming out and intervening, and uh, it was just a dumpster fire of a match, and the show's thing can't go anymore. Um, he's better in small doses when you stand there and poke somebody with that and, you know, stand there and glare at people. Um, I don't expect them to hit the ropes with any force and, you know, these guys are going to have to sell like they've never sold before to, you know, help him look good. Um, I don't want to see 60 year old thing trying to have a legit match against um, two guys who are, you know, young up and comers who, you know, can actually go in the ring. Darby, yes, um, all day long, but uh, him with Sting there, uh, no, I'm I would rather him get a partner and have Sting in the corner. But uh, it's going to happen. And um, you know, as long as Darby carries 80% of the load, they'll be fine. But uh, 
don't ask Sting to do too much, otherwise the whole match is going to look terrible. Let Sting do the hot tag and get in there and hit a couple stinger splashes and maybe put somebody in the the um, what uh, Scorpion Deathlock. But uh, you know, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are going to sell the hell out of it because they're mm-hmm. probably excited to be in the ring with him. But yeah. Oh, and I side note, I did get to meet Darby Allen at that wrestling convention in a very short, you know, just a quick picture. But uh, he was all he was himself like. The voice is the same, a very low key, and he had the the skateboard that said Ethan's name on there. So, uh, yeah, I got to do a selfie, forty bucks for a selfie. Um, but you know, it was is pretty interesting just to kind of do a quick. Uh, I was kind of surprised, like there was nobody in line for him at the really? time, so I just kind of walked right up, paid my money, and did the picture and said hey, and you know, did I did Sammy Guevara as well at the same time because they were by each other, so. Uh, same thing with Sammy Guevara, you know, I was just did a quick, now Kane, <laughs> Kane had a line <laughs> probably to about the door, honestly, okay. and Kane, but it was so funny because he had the Kane face on and then he was in like a, um, like an Under Armour t-shirt and then a pair of sweats and I'm like, uh, like I really debated getting the picture. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't even Kane, like this is. Right, Glenn Jacobs with the mask on, like I'm like, just take off the. But anyway, so I did not get Kane. Uh, did Brett Baker? I well, I didn't do her, but uh, <laughs> would <have> like to. <laughs> Side note, right. speaking of digits, uh, at least get the digits. <laughs> I I I put my arm around her and wanted to go lower. I will say that, but anyways, so. <laughs> uh, but and Adam Cole would Adam Cole would uh, <laughs> not want me in that. So anyways, but yes. Brett Baker was pretty nice, you know, just down down to earth. And it's it's a quick, you know, hello, so you never really get to tell. But she seemed pretty excited to be there and, you know, doing pictures with people and not masked up. So, uh, I mean, I had my mask on for most of the day. But that picture, you got to take it off real quick and just, you know, get a quick picture. But, uh, yeah, so nice little – saw Jake the Snake walk by five or six times. I don't know if he was going back and forth for whatever reason, but he was definitely – uh, go back forth. Boogeyman was in full costume. Uh, the, Papa Shango was in full costume. Then came back as the Godfather. Uh, sat wow. through a short panel that was the Headbangers, the Highlanders, if you remember that tag team from oh, early wow. 2000. Yeah, and um, uh, JTG. So uh, without, oh, okay. you know, with yeah. so they kind of did a tag team um, uh panel and it was kind of interesting because you had attitude era you know that uh period between the pg era and the attitude era and then you had crime time essentially you know representing the um the you know i wouldn't say current because i mean heck that's been early 2010 ish so um yeah so it was in it was a cool little panel the aw panel was sammy guevara niall rose Vicky Guerrero and Darby Allen that had a line out to the door. I saw my cousin with his friend. They were at the door. I don't know if they got in because they could only let so many pit people in for the panel. They had chairs kind of spaced out and, you know, we're running so many people in, but so I'm sure the, the AW um, panel was good. I usually don't like to sit through the panel. So like I said, I feel like you could just see that on YouTube and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, you know, it was kind of cool to hear the beginnings of Highlanders and, 
headbangers and you know JTG, but um, and kind of the behind the scenes stuff. But other than that, I I usually just like to get the um, maybe find a, like a cool art piece, which is what I did. There was a cool artist there that I found two pieces of art that I'll put up somewhere <laughs> when I finally figure that out. But uh, yeah, so uh, cool little you know I think next year will be the interesting year to see it because I think all restrictions will be lifted. They could probably get yeah. more AW guys. They can get, you know, maybe a cool event. And I think that's the thing. I did stay for the wrestling event. And I think next year I'd like to just kind of see that. So, um, yeah, Squared Circle Expo. If you're watching this, anybody on there, uh, we got a podcast that wants to wants to be part of that. So I'll, uh, I'll keep tagging them in these and see if we can get some super kicking with Steven and Greg there, presence there next year. So there you uh, go. Because – Especially with the local flavor being here locally, I think that'd be cool to do. Um, Sheeta <laughs> defeated Rebel. Nothing to talk there. Um, Britt Baker hit a nice curb stop. We will get Stadium Stampede back. Uh, Greg, thoughts on Stadium Stampede? I think it'll be interesting myself real quick to see more serious aspect, but still have some of the fun that was from last year. Because I thought they really set the bar high and with that. And I kind of want to rewatch last year's to kind of get a feel for what this year's could be. But I think with the pinnacle being more serious inner circle showing that serious side, I think we won't see as many spots, but I still feel like we'll get different aspects of the arena involved. So uh, how about your own thoughts on that uh, stadium CMP coming back, Greg? Yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with it. I mean, unlike them doing or uh, ripping off war games, you know, this is the thing that's legit Daryl, uh, that can become a tradition of theirs, you know, like Royal Rumble or something like that. Um, you know, it's, it's a concept that hasn't really been done. And, you know, they're in the perfect place to do it and just have it become a recurring event every year. Um, so I'm excited for it. And like I said, it is going to be more of a serious match than last year's, but... Um, considering that Matt Hardy almost died in that match, um, you know how much more serious can you get? So um, it, it's still going to be, you know, a, a great match. Um, violent and bloody, probably more violent and bloody than last year's, and you know we're all for that too. So um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. And how cool is it? Like if you win the match, you can celebrate in the stadium. Like that's what's, that's, what's kind of unique. Like you said about this, they have all kinds of, you got Daly's place. You have the backstage of Daly's place. You have the whole football stadium <laughs> available to you because you know, the owner and his, his dad owns the stadium. So like you can legit, you know, and there's not football happening anytime soon. So you kind of have your run of the place. So I think it'll be fun to see, you know, another, Hundred yard dash like they did last year with the um, the golf cart. Maybe the Jacksonville Jaguar mascot gets involved again. Jericho could do a Judas effect on him again, and that could be a running theme for that. So yeah, I think it'll be fun to see. Uh, how about Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling being involved? Like, uh, I think this could kind of work if Mark is this swarmy, you know, snarky, uh, bows down to her as a lawyer type deal. I'm kind of mm -hmm. I'm for it. I, I know Jade could go on her own, but at the same time, everybody else has a, a manager faction deal. So why not give her him? 
and you know he can give her matches and all this so um are you behind that idea that mark sterling the the famous lawyer could be jade's um <laughs> business partner in a way yeah uh, i like the pitch but, uh, you know mm -hmm. the way he put it out there that i'm going to work for you and instead of you being you know my client you know i'm gonna flip it and work for you and you know you're the boss and you know i work for you so it the way he put it you know it's like oh okay it makes sense and that's probably what she's thinking at the same time but she's still got to be you know the alpha and okay i'll think about it get away and um so i could definitely see it working and um it could it can make some good stuff so um is is the best pitch and it's going to be interesting to see what those two uh do together because they would be a great uh you know contrast to each other and uh, you know she maintains her role she's the boss she's you know at the itch and she's uh and he's just the lowly stooge running around and making things happen behind the scenes so um I'm interested to see where it goes, but you know, signing up for it. Especially if she makes him like, maybe she makes him do her hair one day, or make you know, makes him do everything, get her coffee, you know, run this and that for her, like do everything. And I feel like it's going to be for good TV. You know, it's kind of a comedic, but it's also we know what Jay can do in the ring. So yeah, uh, Serena Deeb defeated Red Velvet to retain the NWA Women's Championship. I'm just going to move on past that because I'm surprised that the NWA titles being defended on AEW, but you know, um, I, I still don't know why Thunder Rosa lost it. I felt like she should have kept that NWA till she didn't want it anymore, but maybe she didn't want it anymore, so that's why she lost it. Uh, how about Anthony Ogogo defeating Austin Gunn, obviously, but uh, I did bypass Cody Rhodes's um, political, <laughs> very patriotic, um rambling promo and i don't know why we're not getting a flag match because this is just i mean you will you laid the flag over cody then you laid the flag over anthony like i i wonder if they might just throw that out that yes it's going to be a flag match so first off greg uh any thoughts on cody's american dream i wonder if he'll try to come out to that song uh, well, that American. <laughs> <laughs> now they're going to have to pay um, some money to WWE, but um, you know, right? Uh, it's uh, it's what it is. I mean, halfway through that promo, we saw where he was going. Um, that you know, from one night only, he's going to be the American Dream, and yada yada. It's it's very Rocky Four of him right now, and uh, you know, Go Go is Drago. Um, they're really selling the crap out of the, uh, the little gut punch that he does with, uh, Austin spitting up blood and all the whole mess. Um, I like a go-go. He has a good look. It looks like he could, you know, do some things with the right direction. Uh, I just want to see more out of him than punching somebody in the stomach because, you know, that's every wrestler moves that kick punch. Body slam, you know, it's, you know, he's not the biggest guy we've ever seen punch somebody in the stomach. So I get it. He's an Olympic boxer, yada, yada. But 
I wanted to see him do something with more impact than punching somebody in the stomach. Um, so, you know, that being said, you know, it, it, maybe they differentiate, differentiate him, him in the way of, you know, everybody throws super cake, but nobody threw a super cake like Shawn Michaels. Hmm. Uh, maybe that's what they're going for. So, um, the I'm, well, the match should be good. I'm hoping that uh, you know it lasts more than three minutes. And with Cody, I expect it to. Um, you know, without all the, you know, one punch in the stomach, he's going to be coughing up blood the whole match. So, um, I'm you know on the fence with this match just because they haven't showed us anything out of Ogogo aside from, you know, he's big, he looks good, and he can punch somebody in the stomach. So, um, I'm going into the match with an open mind, but I'm not expecting much. So, I'm leaving it to them to uh, make me a believer in this guy. You know, we know what Cody can do, but what can Ogogo do aside from punching somebody in the stomach? And it feels like this was probably the write-off match for Cody, because I would assume Brandy Rhodes is due pretty soon. Uh, from <laughs> from the baby bump picture she's been posting, like that baby should be dropping. So I wonder if Cody will take. You know, obviously he's going to take some time off. And like you said, if you can sell the hell out of this gut punch, I mean that's a. I guess that's a cool thing about it. At least it's a gut. You know, it's something di- like like uh, Big Show had the weapon. You know, to the fate like the weapon mass destruction. So at least the mm-hmm. gut punch is kind of different because it's you know you think about like. Yeah, you get punched in the gut. That that does sting a little bit. So it's like, but like you said, I mean, the fact that everybody's selling the hell out of it is saying yeah, something. I mean, but I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I said Austin took one punch and he was spitting up blood. So it, mm-hmm. it's, uh, but maybe that's where they go. Is that uh, you know they have a great competitive match, and then after the match is over, there's foul play involved, and Cody gets held up, and he takes ten punches to the gut. Mm-hmm. And you know, carried off on a stretcher or something, and there's his right off. So you know, maybe something like that happens. So, because you feel like he's going to take one at the very beginning of the match. Like I feel like sure. that's going to be, and then like you said, he'll probably be um, blood. You know, selling the blood for the rest of the match. But I, like you said, I'm curious too because we haven't seen Anthony go 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 in the ring yet. I hope he's ready. I mean, that's the thing too. Like. Do they think he's not ready to do more? Like, I, I just don't know. I, I'm, but then again, you're with Cody. So, you know, we'll just, we'll definitely give our predictions next week and kind of, you know, more in that match. Uh, how about the um, Frankie Kazarian promo where he says he wants to take out all the elite? I, I kind of thought back to, um, I haven't seen the movie Taken, but it made me feel like that movie Taken where he's <laughs> like, you know, I have a special set of skills and, uh, you know, I'm going to take you all out. So, uh, are you all in on Frankie Gazaria and maybe get, you know, one-on-one matches with different elite members and try to take them out? I like it. Um, more power to him. Uh, I'm a Kazarian fan. I've been watching him since, you know, the glory days of Impact when they actually had the star power and, you know, were a legitimate option to WWE. Um, I like Kazarian. He's always been you know, solid in the ring and really good. Uh, technically, he can brawl. He can, 
uh, give you a good scientific match. So I like the uh, Augusta and calling out the elite and, you know, having a series of singles matches. Uh, just get place to, to land with him with not having Daniels around anymore. Um, Daniels going to retire. Or maybe he's just injured and he'll do that later. But, you know, they broke them up for a reason. And, um, you know, he's going to be another valued ally for somebody like uh, Mox and Kingston when it comes to uh, them taking four four on one beatdowns or four on two beatdowns, you know, another, you know, ally in the fight. So, you know, it makes sense that he would, you know, throw his, throw his name in the mix. And you, you like Kazarian when he had hair, right? Exactly. Didn't he had hair back in his uh, impact wrestling? Did he ever win the big title down there? I can't mm, remember if he no, ever won. They won the tag team titles, but I don't think he ever won okay. the world title. Okay. I guess oh, I was probably thinking like Robert Roode, I know, wanted and uh, James Storm. I was thinking about James Storm for a minute. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Miro Lance Archer set for the TNT title match. This is the Miro I think we all wanted to see. So I'm looking forward to that match. I think Lance Archer, it'll be interesting to see how Miro and Lance Archer match up because you kind of got, you know, two hosses going at it. And then yeah. finally, we did bring up that the Young Bucks and Matt, Jack, Matt and Nick Jackson defeated the Varsity Blondes with the um, the cold spray. Uh, they took out Julia Hart, who looks like Alexa Bliss Light <laughs> from her NXT yeah. days. And, uh, you know, they they were spraying it on. You had Brandon Cutler out there as the young gun, as a young son, you know, kind of helping them with the cold spray. But they did lose their shoes and their socks. And so we will see officially Moxley and Kingston versus the Young Bucks for the AW Tag team titles are double or nothing. Double or nothing is really looking pretty strong. Uh, what's your thoughts overall right now, double or nothing, as it's kind of booked right now, Greg? Yeah, it's a great matches to look forward to. Stadium City is going to stand on its own. It could carry the, the event by itself. Uh, then you have this match with the Bucks and um, Moxley and Kingston. I still see some shenanigans happening with uh, so that they don't get the belt, but um, they've done a great job uh, cultivating this feud. Um, and uh, it's, it's definitely shaped out well with the talent. I want to know what the deal is with uh, Orange Cassidy and um, what's going to happen with the, uh, the contract put in front of him and if um, he's going to defer his shot to when he can get a singles one on one against Kenny instead of doing a triple threat. Um, Gus says he's going to say no, but uh, I would rather him say yes because I think down the road and not far down the road because they're getting my crowds back in, in less than two months. Uh, him and Kenny in front of a live crowd is going to be huge. Um, so selfishly, I would rather see, um, Omega and orange one-on-one than in a triple threat match. And then, uh, the banger of a match with Pac and Kenny by themselves here. But, uh, like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to just rip up the contract again. Um, uh, by the way, the whole segment 
with them presenting the scenario to him and him ripping the contract in very slow motion was hilarious. Um, I don't know if you enjoyed that as much as I did, but it was great. And um, so the the word building up was the casino battle royal is going to be awesome. Um, so everything about it, I'll, I don't see a sneaker on this card at all. So um, I'm excited to watch it. And real quick, I was just kind of thinking this out loud. With Kenny Omega, if you had to pick somebody right now to beat him, is there any, like, who would you have beat him right now? Uh, that's a good question. Um, the one that makes the most sense would be Moxley. Uh, but Moxley is not on that, uh, that trajectory right now. Yeah. Um, Could it be so, Cassidy or Pac kind of beating him for that title? I mean, can we see Orange Cassidy legit? But like I said, I feel like you'd have to do the, the live crowds. Like right yeah. now with the, with the you know, 2,500, 5,000. No, I don't know. You need that. You need, or that you need the fans. The full house. Yeah. Are sure. the fans there the instead of the wrestlers? Like let the fans in that front rows, you know, where mm -hmm. they have the wrestlers right now. But right now, I mean, I hate to say like, yeah, there's nobody. And it's very hard telling. Yeah, like they're like you know we would think Miro with the TNT title would be that you know next step, but eh, I'm not putting Miro with the AW title anytime soon. And uh, I mean, I hate. I'd probably go back to Cody Rhodes, like somehow get him back in that title picture. But I know pe people are turning on Cody Rhodes. I don't know if you've kind of seen Twitter. It seems like people are starting to turn on him. And I think that promo didn't do him any favors uh, just because it was just so rambling and just so out there. But it was very political, too, I felt like, you know, in, yeah. um, which is weird because he's kind of on the left side of things. So I was surprised he went that way with it. But, you know, it, what it is what it is. It feels like to me right now with AW, and I, I don't know why, it almost feels like there's just, you know, you got Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks. They're the heads. And it feels like they're all run their own shows. Does that kind of feel like you to you too? Like I don't feel yeah. like there's a sync to Dynamite as there was. Yeah, there's a reason we can't see anybody who's next in the line. Obvious next in line, yeah. Um, especially with Kenny, and maybe they're doing what everybody else is doing. It's like they're a month and a half away from having our full houses back. So let's just, you know, put it in cruise control until we get there. Um, right now, there's yeah, there's no obvious next in line to take the belt off Kenny yet. But, you know, in July, you know, all bets are off. And I think that's where we're going to see all this stuff. They, are obviously keeps some stuff on their wraps until, you know, we get those live crowds back, and you know they're they're making money again and they really uh, go full speed ahead. Um, I mean, selfishly, I almost want Hangman Page at double or, or sorry at all in, 
So if you're having live crowds mm-hmm. back at that Memorial or sorry, Labor Day weekend, and let's say it's in Chicago, I mean, you have, I feel like you have to pull the trigger on Omega losing there because you would have a full house. Chicago, just think about Chicago and the hotbed of wrestling it is. I know you're down in North Carolina and they have their own, but you know, Chicago is yeah. one of those like, I mean, I'd probably be willing to drive up there for that, but I feel like I could kind of see Hangman Page slowly working his way back up into that. And, and then you go full circle because you had Omega and Hangman tag team champions. They mm-hmm. lost it. And then you have Hangman beating Omega for the title in a live environment and, you know, riding off on a horse, hopefully, into the sunset. <laughs> Going his old school horse. <laughs> like he, I think he right. rode the horse at one of the revolutions, I believe it was. I forget which one it was, but I believe he rode in on a horse once. So, yeah. Um, was it and then the dark heat last year? Was it state? I know he wrote, yes, maybe that oh. wasn't, but I thought he had an entrance where he rode a horse too. Maybe it was the Jericho match, like the one on one for the first AW title. It might have been. I know he rode on a horse at same CMCP because he had, I think he lassoed up somebody. Yeah. Like in the, in the, um, in the football stadium. But I'm always, I bet it was Revolution because I kind of thought they might pull the trigger on him winning over Jericho just because it's one of their own, you know, where Jericho isn't one of their own. So, um, yeah. So I guess Hangman is my heart choice and my gut choice or my heart choice, not my gut choice. But yeah, right now it just kind of feels like there's just a little bit of, this show, it's, 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 there's not a lot of meshing, but, and then this Friday night, it'll be at, I'm guessing they'll tape it at 10 o'clock on TNT after the playoffs. So we'll have SmackDown and then we'll stay up late for, uh, uh, I don't, maybe a two hour, you know, we'll see what, how long they do, um, dynamite. So, uh, I believe Wednesday night is the playoffs on TNT. So they don't have yeah. a show on Wednesday night. So, uh, there we go. Getting you all caught up. But Double or Nothing's next weekend, the Sunday, the 30th. I'm looking forward to it. We'll give you predictions on that. Any last thoughts, Greg, as we head off into the weekend? Uh, no, great time as always. Look forward to more action. Um, lots of great things brewing. And uh, go Suns. And, uh, go Suns. Super to kicking it next week. I was going to say, I thought the Jazz should be my team because they always felt like the Pacers of the West. So maybe <laughs> I'll pull for the Jazz. But since you are a Suns fan, I will throw my hat in behind us. Well, especially since they're playing the Lakers. Um, we can harken back to the old school. Uh, what Was there a good – there was a good series between them back in the mid-2000s, I think it was. Oh, like the roles were reversed. Like yeah. the roles were reversed. Like was it the Suns were the eighth seed and the, the Lakers were the one seed maybe? Um, there was well the uh, 05 to 08 era was the uh, seven seconds or less uh, okay Suns era with Steve Nash, yes. Mari Sotomayor, Sean Marion. They were running teams out of the building. Dan Tony, Dan Tony uh, every night. Yeah, Dan Tony, and um, they were one bad Robert Ory foul from a championship. And uh, yeah, so this is their first uh, time back since then and having a legitimate shot to win the chip. Uh, the Suns are that good. Everybody's kind of sleeping on them. 
even after they went eight and zero in the bubble last season. But um, they have the second best record in the league, mm-hmm. uh, not not just the West, and they are that good. Their talent is that good. Their bench is that good, and um, they're they're better than the Lakers, especially at this point when uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis are just now coming back. Mm-hmm. And they haven't got their chemistry uh, right yet. They barely beat Golden State in the playing game. So um, this Suns team can't legitimately beat the Lakers. So, uh, like I said, there's no better time to than to uh, mark your ascension than by beating the uh, current champs. So I'm going to be dialed in for all those games. There we go. All right. Well, as always, thanks for watching. Go subscribe to Super Kicking with Steven. You can find us on YouTube right now, as you are with BW Sports One. And definitely follow their page. I think we just surpassed across social media 20,000 or 30,000, sorry, 30,000 followers across the network. So we got to get that next 20K to get 50,000 and get everybody just on board with BW Sports One, which is what brings you this lovely show. So thank you for watching. Go, Suns. Go NBA playoffs, go Dynamite, go all the good stuff that we have in May because May is a fun time to be a sports fan. So thank you for watching and take care.